Welcome to another episode, another bonus episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud. Every day this week, we are going to be deep diving into a topic that we think defined 2015. There's a bit of argument in our office about what exactly 2015 was the year of, and these seven episodes are going to help us find out. 2015 was the year of gender and sexual fluidity. I'm Monique Bowley, and I'm here with Jamila Rizvi and our major essay writer, Amy Stockwell. Let's start with what is gender fluid? When you feel gender fluid, you are neither male or female. You see yourself somewhere along the spectrum. So you may have been born a woman and you've decided that you feel further down the spectrum, you feel like you should be a man. And so we've had some people say, I'm neither male or female. We've had that from people like Ruby Rose and Miley Cyrus. Or we've had people like Caitlyn Jenner say, I don't feel like I'm a man. I feel like I'm a woman and I need to express that. What was the defining moment of 2015 stocks? What was it that propelled this into the, into the psyche of everyone? The one that people will think of is Caitlyn Jenner coming out and saying, I am now going to live as a woman named Kate. It was on TV special. Uh, everyone was talking about it. They had little clips of it beforehand. And um, yeah, it really sort of drove that into people's understanding of, of what it meant to change your gender. What was significant about Caitlyn Jenner's story? I I think because, I mean, A, the Kardashians are very famous, so he had been, well, I say he, when I'm talking about his uh, life as Bruce, had been on our screens for a very long time. He'd also been a very famous athlete and someone we would identify as being very masculine. So when he started talking about becoming a she and feeling like a woman, then um, people sort of had a different way of conceptualising that. It wasn't someone who had previously been a gay man. He had previously been a straight man. He just decided that within him, he felt like a woman. Jamila, what was the pop cultural fallout from the Caitlyn Jenner effect, if you will? It really did take the whole world by storm, and it's the Kardashian effect writ large. The Kardashians have been this family who, in the pop culture space, have absolutely dominated for the last few years. They're often the most searched terms in the world, according to Google. There is an obsession with this family that, quite frankly, I don't understand. Caitlyn Jenner, or and who was formerly Bruce Jenner, her transition became something that brought more people into this world of Kardashian than ever before. So already huge numbers are taking taking note of what's happening with that family. And suddenly you've got something that hasn't been talked about before that openly being shouted from the rooftop. I feel like, though, it was the way that the Kardashians and Bruce slash Caitlin, apologies if I get that wrong, handled it because they could have gone down the path of we're just going to hide this away we're not going to talk about it but instead they owned it they really controlled the message stocks do you agree yes i think that's right i think that it's actually been a bit of a double-edged sword because for many people caitlin jenner has been the first uh trans woman that they've seen in their lives on their tellies and so they sort of felt like every Every trans woman's experience was Caitlyn Jenner's experience. And um, she's got herself into a bit of trouble lately talking about um, the way that trans women should dress and the way that they should look. There have been so many critics looking in on what's happened with Caitlyn Jenner. Some people clearly just didn't like Caitlyn's politics. She's a Republican and I don't think she fitted the 
the political mould. A lot of people wanted her to. There was also the criticism that came from the fact that her story is probably not the common story for most trans people. She is in a somewhat privileged position when it comes to money and financially being under able to undertake things like gender reassignment surgery. The reality for most trans people is that they that's not accessible for them even if they do want it. But for me, I think you've got to step back and, and just take Caitlyn Jenner for who she is and what she's done. She has gone through a very, very public transition and I think there are huge benefits for all of us for being able to better understand trans people for the fact that she went through that in the public eye. I think that um, everyone needs to understand that Caitlyn Jenner's experience is quite unique and not everything that she says represents the trans community. She certainly has been a beacon of hope for people who have had some kind of gender confusion or have been hiding their gender fluidity. It has allowed people to talk and I think that's I think that's the most important thing that for me has come out of 2015. We are talking about people being gender fluid. We are talking about people being trans. And that allows people to say, you know what? That's me. From our network's perspective as well, it opened the door and it opened the conversation up for us. And Just Between Us, which is a sister podcast of ours, spoke to a woman an Australian woman who is transgender and her experience was vastly different. And so if you are looking for another perspective, perhaps more local uh, perspective on how it can affect people cost-wise, what it does to their family, it's fascinating listening. And it's not just Caitlyn Jenner, is it, Stocks? Because we've seen trans and gender fluid people um, in the pop culture spotlight in a way we haven't before. So Orange is the New Black, for example. They have a trans woman on that show, Laverne Cox. I can't remember her character's name. Um, yes, Sophia. So- Sophia on that, on, on that. And it's, it's, it's unusual. It's still a little bit of a, oh, okay, we're, gonna, we're, we're seeing this on TV. And for trans people, I can imagine that must be such a sweet relief to finally be able to look around the world, look on your television screen, hear on your radio, look on the red carpet and go, finally, there's someone who's a bit more like me. I think um, one of the most amazing things about Laverne Cox on Orange is the New Black is that she is a trans woman character actually played by a trans woman. Yes. So she can bring that experience to the role. Also on Netflix was a TV show called Sensate, which was done by the Wachowskis. And um, one of the lead characters, Nomi, she was also played by a... She was a trans woman character. She was actually a lesbian who was played by a trans woman, Jamie Clayton. Lots of people know the Wachowskis because they made The Matrix and um, they used to be called the Wachowski Brothers. They're now referred to as the Wachowskis because one of the Wachowskis is now a trans woman, Lana Wachowski. So she was able to bring her experience to writing roles actually for trans women, which I think was really interesting. We also have the award-winning TV show about being trans, Transparent, which is on Stan, and it has won how many Emmys? Nine Emmys? That's on my list of things to watch this summer. What about the social media effect, Jem? So Facebook, um, our overlords and gods, as you call them once, have made a change. I think it was actually like 2014, but we've sort of seen it played out in 2015 so that you now no longer have to elect between male and female only when you choose your gender. And when you're using the pronouns, you can also use he, she, and they now. And they actually have more than 50 different options for you to choose from on Facebook as a way to express your gender. And that has been how that particular social network have said, we are going to be as inclusive as possible of people who don't necessarily categorise themselves as just male or just female, but consider themselves to fall somewhere in between. 
Amy Stockwell, what are the numbers around people who identify as gender fluid? Do we have any stats around how much this is affecting people? It's notoriously hard to get good data um, on this issue, which is fairly understandable. But the estimates are that it could be up to one in 100 people who experience some kind of gender variance. So some sense that maybe they're not entirely female, that they have somehow the, some male characteristics. Compare that to about one in 30,000 people who have gender reassignment surgery, uh, which is even less for women. So it's about one in 100,000 for women to have a gender reassignment surgery. So what I take out of those figures is that it's not about what's in your pants. It's not about whether you're pre-op or post-op. It's entirely about what's in your own head. And I think that's something that people finally understood in 2015. Gender isn't about what's below the belt. It's how you feel. Amy Stockwell, thank you very much. Thanks for listening in to another bonus episode of Mamma Mia Out Loud on the year that was. You can join the conversation on the Facebook page, which is Mamma Mia Podcast Network in Facebook, or you can tweet us at Mamma Mia Podcast. Thanks, Jamila. Thank you. We'll talk to you in 2016.